Hey, New City family. Uh, Chris and I would love to invite you to join us for date night at home. Uh, we are so excited uh, for our topic and uh, yeah, it's conflict. We actually are really excited about that topic because we have learned just a lot and are continuing to learn. So you're welcome to join us. Um, give them the details. Yeah, it's February the 12th at 7 p.m. And as Jen mentioned, it's gonna be at home. So you can watch from anywhere. You can register at newcity.us slash events. And our dear friends, Jeff and Laura Helton are gonna be joining us again and guiding the conversation. It's gonna be awesome. Look forward to having you there. Hey, welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron. And I'm Travis. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today. And hey, if it's your first time checking out New City, we wanna say a special welcome to you. And if you're ready to take that step in connecting with us, you can go to our website, newcity.us connect. Fill out the form there and I'll be in touch with you this week. Yeah, and speaking of connection, we wanna let all of you know about some great virtual events we've got coming up. First one is something we call Group Link. We really desire to get people into community. And one of the best ways we do that is finding small groups to plug you into. Group Link is a great avenue for people to come and hear a little bit about what these groups are and what they what they do. Invite you to go to newcity.us events to hear more. And the other one we want you to know about is a virtual date night that we got where we're gonna talk about the importance of maintaining healthy relationships, biblical marriage and things like that. There's a lot more info on the website, newcity.us events to come find out more about that. And hey, New City family, we want to say a special thank you to those of you who are giving so generously this year. It definitely helps us in our ministry, not only here in the city of Charlotte, but around the world. And if you want to partner with us in giving financially to the work of New City Church, you can do so by going to our website, newcity.us give. And we hope you stay tuned with us as we are now going to join Jay Nicholson as we continue our worship today. Welcome to New City Online. My name's Jay. We want to lead you in worship. i 
you shine in the shadows you win every battle nothing can stand against the power
Today we're continuing our series, How to Grow Your Faith. We're about to hear from Pastor Rodney, a powerful sermon about private disciplines, how we grow our faith by choice, not by chance. As a reminder, you can find all the notes from this sermon preloaded on the New City app, as well as a sermon study guide to take those next steps in applying the sermon to your life this week. Also want to encourage you to say hi in the chats on Facebook and YouTube. This is a great way to connect with one another and let us know you're tuning in. Now here's Rodney with part three of How to Grow Your Faith. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Rodney, one of the pastors here at New City, and I'm so grateful to be sharing this time with you today. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been in a sermon series titled How to Grow Your Faith, where we've been learning about five things that God uses to help you and I grow our faith. And just to bring those of you up to speed that may be joining us for the first time, so far in our series, we've talked about practical teaching and providential relationships. And here's a bit of what we learned so far. In practical teaching, Pastor Chris taught us that application is the foundation of transformation. Let me say that again. Application is the foundation of transformation. And last week, we learned that providential relationships are people that God puts in our story to show us his story. Now, if you've missed either of those sermons, you can catch up on those and all of our sermons at newcity.us sermons. So again, in our series to this point, we've talked about practical teaching and providential relationships. But today, it's all about private disciplines, private spiritual disciplines with the understanding that as Christ followers, the purpose of our private spiritual disciplines or rhythms is transformation. So with that in mind, as we talk about private spiritual disciplines or rhythms today, we'll talk about the possibility of transformation, the pursuit of transformation, and lastly, the practices of transformation. But before we do that, let's take a moment and pray together. God, we just thank you so much for this space of grace that is today. Thank you, Lord, for continuing to love us, continuing to provide for us, for continuing to show forth your mercy and your grace in our lives. So we thank you for this moment now, God, to sit at your feet and to learn of you. We pray that you would arrest our attention, that you would drive out anything in our minds that would distract us from growing, from learning, from becoming more like you. Get the glory, we pray, out of this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. The possibility of transformation. Have you ever felt stuck in your faith journey? You ever felt stuck in your walk with God? If you have, I can relate because I have. And I do still get stuck from time to time. But what often helps me get unstuck or what helps me recalibrate my faith is the implementation of a spiritual discipline or rhythm. Now, by spiritual rhythm, I mean those exercises or habits that equip us to live fully and freely in the present reality of God. Now, I know for many of us, we don't get warm and fuzzies when we hear the word discipline because we often associate that word with strictness or bondage. But the truth is, the more disciplined or rhythmed we are, not only is our growth and progress accelerated, but we can actually be more spontaneous and free. Now I get it, discipline and freedom seem like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum at times, but they're actually incredibly connected. And I know that freedom is what everyone wants, but the only way to get 
to a place of freedom is through discipline. For instance, if you want financial freedom, you have to be financially disciplined. If you want more free time, you have to follow a more disciplined time management system. And the same holds true for you and I spiritually. And for me, implementing a, a new spiritual rhythm could, be, could mean picking back up something I used to do that I'm no longer doing and that I need to do again, or starting something totally new that I've learned about or come across. Now, I don't know what spiritual disciplines or rhythms help you to get unstuck, but I think we can all agree as Christ followers that if we intend to continue becoming more and more Christ-like, which is what our journey is all about, right? Transformation and sanctification, then our private spiritual disciplines or rhythms are an indispensable part of the journey. Now, I want to be clear with something here. Genuine transformation is faith-produced, not discipline-produced, all right? Genuine transformation is faith-produced, not discipline-produced. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So while our private spiritual disciplines are absolutely necessary for growing our faith, it is our faith that should both drive and undergird our spiritual rhythms. In other words, it's our faith, our hope and trust in Christ that makes transformation possible. Because transformation is an endeavor of submission and total reliance on what only God can do. Essentially, transformation is the outcome of the inner working of the Holy Spirit. But it's our private spiritual disciplines or rhythms that create the space for God to work in us. In other words, our bottom line is this. We grow our faith by choice, not by chance. And so now that we've discussed for, for a minute the possibility of transformation, let's talk about the pursuit of transformation. If you have a copy of the scriptures near you, I want to invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 1. We'll look at verses 32 through 39. Mark chapter 1 verses 32 through 39. It should also be preloaded for you on the New City app along with the sermon outline. Mark chapter one, we'll begin at verse number 32. The word of God to you today. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Verse 35, and, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And verse 39, and he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Thus ends the reading of God's word. So there was a lot going on here, right? There was a lot going on. In other words, Jesus was busy. There were all kinds of miracles taking place, healings and casting out demons. Verse 32 says, the whole city was gathered together. Translation, everybody wanted Jesus's attention. Verses 38 and 39 says he went out from there to the next towns, plural, to preach and cast out more demons. 
But now I don't want you to miss this. Jesus wasn't busy doing any kind of work, was he? He was busy doing the work that he was sent to do. He was busy doing kingdom work. Yet in the middle of it all, in verse 35, we see a spiritual rhythm. We see a discipline. Let's look at verse 35 again and let's walk through it slow. It says, and rising very early. This beginning tells us that this rhythm was a priority. Then it goes on to say that while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place. Some, some versions say a solitary place. Now listen, that means that there is much in our Christian life that can only be learned and experienced in a solitary place with God. One-on-one. Don't get me wrong. The church has its place. But I believe that there, is many, there are many things that God wants to say to you, many things that he wants to say to me in a solitary place. Scripture goes on to say that Jesus prayed. Why did he pray? I believe that Jesus prayed because he knew that the source of his strength was his relationship with his father. He also understood that the pressure and busyness of life and ministry should drive us towards prayer not from prayer. And I I love this family because even though Jesus was the son of God, clothed in humanity, he was still intentional about taking the time to fill his cup through fellowship with his father. And he does this consistently throughout scripture. He even encourages his disciples to do the same. But now watch this, in the middle of his busy schedule, knowing that people would be looking for him, he was not only sensitive to his need for his fellowship with the Father, but this spiritual rhythm demonstrated that he trusted God enough to momentarily walk away from those he was called to serve. And this is key for you and I, because developing a rhythm of quality time with God means we're going to have to trust God with all of the things and people we'll have to step away from in order to spend time with him. In other words, Jesus gave out and he took in, and so should we. You've heard it said that you can't give what you don't have, right? I've learned that people will applaud you right to burnout. Many of you may remember last year when I taught a message entitled Value in the Valley, I talked about a season of my life where I was burnt out. I was so busy trying to be all things to everybody that I neglected myself. I failed to balance giving out and taking in. And this is why for you and I, spiritual rhythms are so important. It was a tough lesson for me, but but it began a journey of of me learning the importance of spiritual rhythms. I also discovered that most of us serve out of our reserves rather than out of our overflow. And subsequently, we're easily fatigued and always tired. And so prioritizing spiritual disciplines is essential to ministry and life effectiveness. We need a rhythm or a discipline of refilling our cups. I love what John Ortberg says in his book, Growth, Training Verse Trying. He says that many Christians are unfit because we're undisciplined. Many Christians are unfit because we're undisciplined. In other words, many of us try to be strong spiritually, 
but do we train to be strong spiritually? And now if you think about it, you and I, we train and prepare for many things, don't we? We train and prepare um, to be strong professionally, athletically, or maybe even in a hobby. But the suggestion is that you and I should also train to be strong as it relates to godliness. You may be familiar with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, which says this. It says, rather, train yourselves for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value, watch this, in every way as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. There's another quote that I love from the book Training Verse Trying, where he says, spiritual transformation is not a matter of trying harder, but of training wisely. I love that. Spiritual transformation is not a matter of training harder, but of training wisely. The Apostle Paul used the analogy of a runner running a race and a boxer when he said in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. In other words, I'm not trying to do this. He goes, he goes on to say, but I discipline or train my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Listen, if you're anything like me, and I know you are, you want to have a deeper relationship with God. You want to have stronger faith. You want to have more peace. You want to have a rich prayer life. The question is, are you training for it? Like the Apostle Paul suggests in the scripture I just referenced. Pastor Craig Rochelle put it this way. He said, desires don't determine who you become. Disciplines determine who you become. Again, we grow our faith by choice, not by chance. So we talked briefly about the possibility of transformation. We just talked about the pursuit of transformation. Now I want to take a couple of minutes as I begin to close to talk about what this looks like from a practical standpoint. What does this look like practically? So let's talk for a minute about the practices of transformation. Now many of us tend to think about spiritual discipline solely in terms of things that we engage in. But to continue to use the training terminology, we must learn to train things into our lives as well as train things out of our lives. In other words, we must replace bad habits with better habits, habits that create space for God to work in our heads and in our hearts. Dallas Willard, in his book, The Spirit of Disciplines, which is a great resource to help us grow in our faith, he puts it this way. He talks about disciplines of abstinence and disciplines of engagement. Disciplines of abstinence and disciplines of engagement. To put it another way, he's suggesting that there are things that we should do or engage in, and then there are things that we must deny or abstain from. And some examples of Disciplines of abstinence include things like solitude, silence, fasting. A few examples of disciplines of engagement are study, worship, and prayer. 
Now in verse 35 of Mark chapter number one, we see Jesus do a little of both, don't we? We see Jesus both abstain and engage. Let's take a moment to, to look at it again. Verse 35 says, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So we see Jesus abstain from companionship through the discipline of solitude. He went to a solitary or desolate place, and, and, and then we see him engage in prayer as he communed with the Father. Here's my point. Abstinence often makes way for engagement. In other words, the more we train ourselves to say no to certain things, the more space we'll have in our lives to say yes to the things that God is calling us to do. In other words, some of us need to become disciplined at the ministry of no, right? Or the ministry of not right now. And I get it. Some of us are involved in many things. There are many people pulling us in various directions. And I want you to know that it's okay to prioritize yourself at times. It's okay to say no to certain things. We just looked at the fact that Jesus was doing kingdom work, yet he took the time to spend time with his father. So it's okay for you and I to say no to some things that we may love, some people that we may love. It's okay to say no. Because in doing so, I want to remind you that you're actually helping them by taking time to refill your cup. Because at the end of the day, we should all want to give anybody that we serve the best of ourselves. In fact, that's what Jesus models for us, and that's what he requires of us. So I don't want you to feel bad about taking time for you. In fact, when I talk to many people, the first thing I ask them is, who's the most important person to you? And honestly, it should be you. I know many of us love our spouses and we love our kids, but you can only give them what you have. In other words, you can only give them what you've been resourced with. So if frustration and fatigue are what's inside of you, guess what you're going to give those people? You're going to give them frustration. You're going to give them fatigue. And so what Jesus models for us here is that the best way to glorify God and the best way to serve those that we love and we care about is to take time in the presence of God to refill our cups. So listen, spiritual disciplines or rhythms, again, they create space for you and I to encounter God. I want you to hear this, that they are less about an activity and more about a place where you and I consciously allow God to be the forefront of our lives, where we consciously allow ourselves to be in the presence of a loving and a living God. Now, the goal is that you and I should become more Christ-like, even in our brokenness even in our brokenness, because spiritual rhythms provide a place for you and I to meet with Jesus and be formed into his image from the inside out. And guess what? That's his desire for us. His desire for us is to live lives that demonstrate who he is to a lost and a dying world. And so before I go, I want to give you 
three things practically that you can engage in starting today. Three things that you and I can engage in starting today. One is spending time in God's Word. We have a great reading plan, Bible reading plan on the New City app. I want to encourage you to get started in that Bible reading plan. If you haven't started yet, don't worry about what you've missed. Today is a great day to start. And then secondly, I want to encourage you to engage in study. We have on the New City app sermon notes and a study guide that helps us to spend more time with the sermons that we hear preached. And I believe personally that there are some things that God will speak to you in those private study times. There are some things that God will reveal to you that are, that are specific to your life, specific to your frustrations, that he'll reveal to you as you begin to study and meditate on his word. And then the last thing I'll share is a practical way for you to engage is in fellowship, in community. You may have heard that we have group link on February 7th that you can engage in, get connected in a community group. I say oftentimes that sometimes the blessing that you and I need is in, is in the pocket of the person that maybe we sit next to on, in church on a Sunday morning. But if we never engage in getting to know them in community and in fellowship, then maybe we never know that what we needed from God all along was in the person that we sit next to. So again, I want to encourage you to get, to, to get involved in a Bible reading plan, to try, to try studying the sermon notes and the study guide, and then to get plugged in in a community if you're not in, in a community to this point. But here's what else I want you to do. As you engage, as you engage in these disciplines, I would also ask that you pray that God would show you who or what it is that you need to abstain from and that he would also give you the courage and the obedience to do whatever he says because this is what Jesus modeled for us here in Mark chapter 1 because I believe that it was through his fellowship with God, his spiritual rhythm, that he was able to discern what to engage in and what to abstain from. But again, remember, we grow our faith by choice, not by chance. Let's pray together. God in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to grow and to learn. We pray, God, now that you would help us to engage in disciplines that would help to grow our faith. That we would continue to understand the importance of one-on-one -on -one time with you. God, we confess that we want a deeper relationship with you. We want more peace. We want stronger faith. But we pray, God, that you would help us to create space through private disciplines, through spiritual rhythms, for you to meet us right where we are. But God, as we do, we ask that you would show us the things and the people that we need to abstain from. Whether it's social media or maybe even our favorite TV shows for a season, God. Show us what it is that you may be calling us from in this season. And then God, we ask that you would give us the courage 
to follow you as you lead and guide us. Thank you that you have great things in store for us. Now we pray that you would help us to create the space so that our lives would bear the fruit of your Holy Spirit working strong in our lives. We thank you, we praise you, we honor you for the testimony that would draw others to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Say
Thanks so much for worshiping with us today, New City family. If you would, extend your hands for a benediction as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Go in peace, New City.